Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and coming to you today from Seattle, Washington. Welcome, traveler. Direct from the Seattle World's Fair comes Art Minio with the sounds of Man in Space, an exciting, truly out-of-this-world tour that takes you across vast frontiers, straight into the heart of the future. Our opening music today was composed by Art Minio in 1962 as musical accompaniment for the Seattle World's Fair. Minio combined electronic melodies, alien sound effects, and spoken word introductions into an LP record that quickly sold out its limited pressing. This is WaveScan, edition NWS 679, for release on Sunday, February 27, 2022. On the program today, the first VOA relay station in the Philippines, radio in Mount Rainier National Park, a visit to Seattle's Space Needle, and our Australian DX report from Bob Padula. According to the official history of PBS, the Philippine Broadcasting System in the Philippine Islands, the first programming from OWI, the Office of War Information in Los Angeles, California, and VOA, the Voice of America in New York City, was on the air from a low-powered medium-wave transmitter aboard an American submarine in the Lingayen Gulf off the west coast of Luzon Island. This unique radio broadcasting station operated with just 50 watts under the call sign KZSO, and it took to the air in its Philippine service in December 1944. Here's Ray Robinson with more. Thanks, Jeff. Back during that era, AFRS, the American Forces Radio Service, had developed a small portable radio station that could be packed into five suitcases, complete with a medium-wave transmitter, a gramophone turntable, music library, pre-recorded radio programs, and a shortwave receiver. It would seem evident that the Philippine submarine operation with OWI VOA programming under the call sign KZSO was on the air with the usage of one of these very portable, very unusual and very small medium wave radio stations. Two months later, portable station KZSO was removed from the American submarine in the Lingayen Gulf and taken ashore, where it was quickly reassembled and reactivated again on February 3, 1945. As the American Armed Forces advanced south, down towards the 100-mile distant city of Manila, portable KZSO was, as the PBS document stated, alongside the American soldiers. And apparently it was also activated at times during that month-long campaign. Initially, after the American forces captured the almost totally devastated city of Manila, Mobile KZSO was activated temporarily from a makeshift studio in an old warehouse operated by Carmelo and Bowerman on Ascaraga Street, now Claro M. Recto Street, adjacent to the Far Eastern University. However, soon afterwards, a new composite radio broadcasting station was assembled using the available leftover equipment from a Japanese radio station as well as from abandoned AFRS stations and the mobile KZSO. 
This new radio station was inaugurated in May 1945 as an OWI operation with local program productions and a relay on shortwave from VOA in California. The new VOA relay station, now with 5 kilowatts on 710 kHz, was installed in the Ramon Rosses building on Solar Street in Santa Cruz, Manila, a historic commercial building that has since been rebuilt and modernized. Initially, the suggested call sign for the composite new VOA medium wave station in Manila was KZRM, with the K and the Z indicating Luzon Island in the Philippines and RM indicating Radio Manila. However, Radio Manila with callsign KZRM was a legitimate commercial medium wave and shortwave radio station in pre-war Manila, and it was likely to be reactivated, so another callsign was taken instead, KZFM. That composite radio station is recognised as the first medium wave station on the air in Manila after liberation, and it was allocated the American callsign KZFM, with the K indicating the Philippines back then, the Z indicating Luzon, and FM honouring Frederick Marquardt, a personal friend of General Douglas MacArthur, and a fellow American who had been a pre-war newspaper editor in Manila. The probably informal call sign of the submarine radio station KZSO was likewise chosen with the K indicating the Philippines and the Z indicating Luzon. The SO had a double meaning, first as submarine operation and also honouring Sergio Osmena, a Filipino friend of General Douglas MacArthur. This first OWI VOA relay facility in the Philippines under the two consecutive call signs KZSO and then KZFM was simply a temporary fill-in operation during the construction of a new station at Malolos, which was taken into service in March 1948. This composite station was on the air for just a little over three full years, and at the end of its tenure, three transmitters were in use. The medium wave transmitter eventually operated with 10 kilowatts on 710 kHz, and the two short wave transmitters were rated at 300 watts for local coverage and 1 kilowatt for external coverage. The 10 kilowatt medium wave KZFM was heard widely across the intervening saltwater pathway between Australia and New Zealand, though the low powered short wave units were seldom reported. It's known that the VOA facility in the Philippines did issue a few medium-wave QSL letters to international radio monitors in Australia and New Zealand for the reception of their broadcasts over the interim KZFM medium-wave transmitter in Metro Manila. Even though it was American Enterprise that constructed and operated VOA OWI KZFM, it was recognised quite early as being owned by the Philippine government. It was on October twentieth, 1946, that the station was officially handed over to the Philippine government, and yet it was still operating as an American station. It was at this stage that new studios were installed on the fourth floor of City Hall Building on Taft Avenue in Manila. When the American involvement finally ended, the station was located on Claro M. Recto Street, adjacent to the Far Eastern University. In July 1947, an ITU, International Telecommunication Union, conference in Atlantic City, USA, gave approval for the Philippine government to change their radio station designations from the K sequence to the D sequence. Eighteen months later, on January 1st, 1949, 
all radio broadcasting stations throughout the Philippines abruptly made the change, and much to the surprise of international radio monitors in Australia and New Zealand. And the PBS station KZFM became DZFM. These days, the PBS key network station in Manila is DZRB, with 60 kilowatts on 738 kHz. Isang paalala mula sa Philippine Broadcasting Service. Gustong makinig ng balita pero walang AM radio sa phone? Don't worry! Sagot namin yan! Download, Download the Radio Nation Philippines app and listen to the country's prime radio stations. RP1, RP2, RP Worldwide, Radio Pilipinas Provincial Stations. That's news and information on the go, anytime, anywhere. Radio Nation Philippines. Radio Nation Philippines. Download na. Available for free on Google Play and App Store. News and current affairs. Top stories of the day. Business, sports, music, and entertainment. Dadalhin sa inyo. Dadalhin sa inyo. Ang mas pinaganda, mas pinalawang, mas pinalakas. Radio Pilipinas. Radio, Radio Pilipinas. Shede tres ocho sa Metro Manila. Thank you, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. In recent days, we traveled to Mount Rainier National Park, about two hours south of Seattle in the Cascades Mountain Range. Here in Mount Rainier National Park, there's no internet, no cell service, no television. The only thing you can do is listen to the radio. You can hear many FM stations, for example, from Seattle. Northwest News Radio 1000 FM 97.7 and streaming to the world at nwnewsradio.com. There's not much audible on AM radio in the park, but I brought a small sea crane skywave receiver with me, so shortwave stations are easily heard. Speaking of AM, there is a very low-powered transmitter at the park entrance, which is only audible for about a mile or so on either side. It doesn't identify with call letters and just transmits a short message for park visitors on 1610 kilohertz. The message is looped over and over. The current road conditions for Mount Rainier National Park are as follows. Roads may be icy and traction tires are always advised for travel within the park. All vehicles are required to carry tire change from November 1st through May 1st as weather conditions can and do change rapidly. Please drive carefully and enjoy your visit here at Mount Rainier National Park. From Mount Rainier, we traveled back north to the city of Seattle on the Pacific Ocean coast. Seattle is perhaps best known for the iconic Space Needle, a 605-foot-tall tower that was built for the 1962 World's Fair, which took place in Seattle. The Seattle Space Needle, an architecturally daring structure. From its inception, it was destined to become world-famous. Now, let's go up. Almost at the top of the tower is a spaceship-shaped section. Some say it looks like an unidentified flying object with an observation deck and a rotating restaurant that are open to the public. An elevator whisks you up to the observation deck in just 40 seconds. The deck is surrounded by a glass wall, so you can take a picture where it looks like you're floating in the clouds above the city. The rotating restaurant and bar have a glass floor, so you can see directly below to the ground. The Space Needle was said to have been the inspiration for the Skypad apartments 
in the animated TV series, The Jetsons. The Space Needle was the most memorable attraction at the 1962 World's Fair. After the fair in 1963, a radio broadcast booth was built on the Space Needle for a local radio station. Multiple radio stations in Seattle have originated programs from the tower over the years since the 1962 World's Fair, including KING Radio's Frosty Fowler. Fowler hosted a morning show on KING AM from a booth on the observation deck of the Space Needle. On April 29, 1965, an earthquake which registered 6.5 on the Richter scale hit Seattle while Fowler was doing his show. I think it happened about 8.29 in the morning. It was very frightening, and I could feel it. The people were starting to run. Well, I was apprehensive myself. I talked about it, and people stopped and looked in the Space Needle window at me as I was broadcasting, and then they'd, <laughs> they'd run away, and they were trying to get on the elevators, and the elevators were full because people were wanting to get off the, uh, off the Space Needle, but I stayed the whole time, and I reported on traffic, I reported on things that I saw. Basically, I wondered, is the space needle going to survive? Well, of course it did survive. But seismologists think another big earthquake could hit Seattle within the next 50 years. And that had some listeners to local radio station KUOW wondering what that would do to the city's most prominent landmark. Reporter Anna Boyko Wyrock went up the space needle to find out. Mount Rainier is out today, off to your left over there. It takes about 42 seconds to get to the top of the Space Needle, not counting the line. All right, here we are. Today, I'm with KUOW listener Derek Hansen. I kind of forgot how amazing the view is from up here. Blue skies and puffy clouds surround us. The Space Needle seems really tall and tippy, and maybe it would fall over or something if there was an earthquake. So what would what would really happen in that case? So Hansen asked KUOW, and now we're here to find out the answer. Karen Olson represents the Space Needle. She says the tower is actually not tippy at all. It's made of lots of steel, and the steel would make it sway. And so if we were up here during an earthquake, we probably would need a little... Um, motion sickness medicine afterwards because we would be moving. Olson says the Space Needle is well-rooted in a massive foundation. It's probably one of the best places you can be during an earthquake. Well, as a structural engineer that specializes in earthquakes, um, I would say that's a relatively fair statement. That's Dave Swanson. He travels around the world and studies what happens to buildings during major earthquakes. Swanson says tall buildings are designed to be flexible. The Space Needle is going to want to act like an inverted pendulum and sort of bend left and right, kind of like, you know, wheat in a wheat field. Bending, but not breaking. So you don't have to worry about the Space Needle or its tall, slender neighbors in the Seattle skyline. I'm Anna boyko Wyrock. KUOW News. Take a look at the Space City, the perfect home for a world's fair that celebrates the future. Here, rising from the water's edge in a setting of breathtaking natural beauty, her forward-looking youthful spirit a tribute to the pioneer spirit of America in space.
KNWN on 1000 kilohertz is a commercial AM station licensed to Seattle. The station has an all-news radio format. It is the local affiliate for ABC News and identifies itself as Northwest News Radio. KNWN broadcasts with 50,000 watts, the maximum power for American AM stations. It is non-directional by day, but uses a directional antenna at night to avoid interfering with WMVP in Chicago and XEOY in Mexico City, also on 1,000 kilohertz. Under favorable conditions, KNWN can be heard in the daytime from Vancouver, British Columbia, down to Portland, Oregon. At night, it can be heard across much of western North America. The station's studios and offices are co-located with its former sister station, KOMO-TV, at Como Plaza, which is directly across the street from the Space Needle. KNWN's programming is simulcast full-time on 97.7 MHz FM. Northwest News Radio 1000, FM 97.7. KNWN, Seattle. KNWN, FM Oakville. Northwest News Radio 1000, FM 97.7. Covering the Northwest and the world. From ABC News, I'm Chuck Sievertson. The FBI is now investigating two alleged fights on flights today. And now, here's a world where tomorrow's science takes on spectacular reality. Come with us into the great Boeing Space Arium, where you'll thrill to a simulated flight through outer space. See Mars, Jupiter, and Venus flash by in glowing color. Travel through amazing three-dimensional galaxies. One of the attractions at the 1962 Seattle World's Fair was the Boeing Spacearium. Art Minio composed this musical theme about it. The Boeing Company was founded in Seattle in 1915. It has a huge plant in the Seattle suburb of Everett, where its airplanes are manufactured in the largest building in the world by volume. Tours are offered to the public. Well, from Seattle, we go now to Prague in the Czech Republic. Listener Larry Cohen in the United States sent us the following item about a change in the interval signal, or jingle as they call it, for Radio Prague International. And we have a special announcement to make on that occasion. Every radio station has its own signature jingle, a short melody that reminds you of what you're listening to. Usually it's just a few tones or a snippet of a famous tune. Jingles were first used before the beginning of a broadcast on a specific radio wavelength. They would be played several times with the aim to help listeners tune in their devices to the correct frequency. The jingle would then be played at irregular intervals, usually after a time announcement, and would be followed by an announcement of what station people were listening to. And you can listen to our oldest jingle right now. It's all the way back from the early 1930s.
The subsequent communist era brought about major ideological changes, which also reflected themselves into the country's foreign broadcasting service. From the beginning of the 1950s up to 1989, the Radio Prague International Jingle was from the song Kupředuleva, or Forward Left and Not One Step Backward. The Velvet Revolution in 1989 brought about many changes, and one of them was a switchback to Radio Prague International's original jingle based around the New World Symphony of one of Czechia's greatest composers, Antonín Dvořák. But times change fast, and radio is of course constantly evolving. Our station has therefore chosen a new jingle, which is nevertheless still based around Dvořák's famous symphony. So what does this all mean? Well, it means that Czechia in 30 minutes we'll now be getting a new jingle, which sounds like this. Radio Prague's new jingle there. Just Jacob in India tells us that Mr. Pradip Chandra Kundu of Tripura, India, reports Bangladesh Betar transmission on 693 kilohertz with 1,000 kilowatts will remain suspended from February 1st to April 30th, 2022, for renovation works. Those programs will be carried via a 100-kilowatt transmitter on 819 kilohertz during this period. Joe Jacob also tells us that the famous Indian singer Ms. Lata Mangeshkar passed away on February 5th. He says her songs are heard around the clock on radio and TV stations in India and other countries. Various radio stations like All India Radio and the BBC had special programs to honor her, including a special transmission by the Sri Lanka Broadcasting Corporation on the day of her death, 5 February at 16.30 to 18.30 UTC on 11.750 kHz shortwave and 8.73 kHz medium wave in Sinhala, Hindi and Tamil. Here's a portion of it. Lata Mangeshkar cremated in Mumbai with state honor. Prime Minister Narendra Modi visited the Shivaji Park to pay his last respect to this nightingale. And from India, let's go to Bob Padula in Australia for some DX news some information now from our overseas monitoring services, this time from Eastern Europe. The shortwave listener digest Bulgaria news and the DX mix news, also from Bulgaria, has this information concerning reception in that part of the world. First of all, Australia. Reception have reached beyond Australia in the Japanese service on 11905 from Kununara. 
Good signals between 10.55 and 11.00. The transmitter there is 75 kilowatts and the antenna is 005 degrees azimuth. Cuba. Unscheduled Radio Havana Cuba broadcast in English heard on 9700-0830-0900 and the transmitter there is 100 kilowatts and the antenna 340 degrees. And the same station, Radio Havana Cuba, noted in Spanish on 6000-6000-1200-1500, non-directional to North and Central America, and transmitter power 250 kilowatts and non-directional. Egypt, the mystery Egyptian music station, continues to be heard on 9600. 0914 to 0920 and the power is unknown and the antenna is unknown and also on 9400 from 0925 to 0926 station calling itself preparing for Jesus in Japanese heard on 5945 by the Tashkent Uzbekistan railway 1230 to 1300 and the antenna power there 100 kilowatts and the, I'm sorry, the transmitter power 100 kilowatts and the antenna power 066 and 1300 to 1400 on the same frequency also in Japanese. Reception of the Bible Voice Broadcasting Service religious station on 11900 from the Nowan Relay Station 1430 to 1500 to Southern Asia in English on Saturdays. Change of the power 250 kilowatts and the antenna 102 degrees. And also from 1200 to 1300 on 6240 from the Tashkent Uzbekistan railway station to Southern Asia in Urdu on Saturdays 100 kilowatts and the antenna 131 degrees. Thank you, Bob. It's time to say farewell for a while to the world of tomorrow that we've just explored. It's our hope that each time you take the tour on this record, you'll relive the excitement of Seattle's Space Age World's Fair, a monumental achievement of our time that will be a lasting legacy for the citizens of tomorrow. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week on WaveScan, another story about the world's first radio weddings, AWA radio stations, and our Japan DX report. Reminder, we have several QSL cards available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for the program to the AWR address in Thailand that I'll give you in a moment, and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy, or to the AWR relay stations that carry way scan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in the program. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. 
The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakadong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok 10110, Thailand. Again, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakadong, Bangkok 10110, Thailand. And the email address for other correspondence to Wavescan, not reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White from Seattle, Washington. Till next week, good listening, everyone. <laughs>